Welcome to In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. There's a slightly different focus for this discussion as we look at the changing workforce in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. For many of us, myself included, working from home has become a necessity as many businesses and organizations have had to decentralize and isolate their workforce. But is this change simply a reaction to the pandemic or the acceleration of a new paradigm for the workplace? I recently talked with Sanil Prashara, CEO of the Project Management Institute, about the impact COVID-19 is having on how we work. So, uh, I mean, so before even the pandemic, you know, uh, there was a lot of disruption happening in the workplace, largely due to technology and um, the fact that uh, organizations were trying to find new ways to go to market, etc., and being disrupted by competition coming from a left of field, technology played a huge part and was playing a huge part. And what's happened with COVID is there's been a, like an acceleration, a catalyst that's really driven uh, organizations and caught a lot of them by surprise. And they've been impacted significantly and they couldn't move at the pace that they wanted to, to be able to address some of the new challenges that, that, that COVID brought to the table. And so I think that one of the first things that happened is that organizations have started to realize that when they'd stand themselves back up again, uh, and this is regardless of which industry, you know, they're going to have to be a lot more nimble, a lot more faster, and a, and a lot more responsive to, to change than they have been. And, of course, they were, they were moving in that direction. I mean, look at some of the things that are happening now. You know, the, the remote working has become prevalent, you know, overnight mm -hmm. uh, across the world. And uh, that's really changed how we work and, and, and the method that, to get work done. You know, companies are more likely to embrace uh, virtual working post-pandemic now because they've realized, actually, there's a degree of increased productivity if you can get it right, you know. And I actually see it becoming a standard operating procedure as opposed to a perk uh, going forward. And I also think there's a strong probability it will be adopted because now uh, you really don't have to be locked into one particular region anymore. Uh, you can actually tap talent, tap into talent anywhere in the world. Uh, if it's working remotely. And several organizations are even hiring people on the back of not even having met the person because it's all being done remotely. So I think you'll see that that's you know, a lot of uh, changes in the way work is done. And of course, it's everything is becoming projectified as well. So things are becoming discrete programs of work. And we see that in, in our research uh, that we do as the Project Management Institute, where in America, uh, you know, over 50% of of professionals are saying that their work in the future will be very much project-based. So a lot of changes, changes are happening anyway, but they've just been accelerated significantly because of COVID. You mentioned something that there seems to be, and I've heard this from some of my colleagues that are that are, are, are have looked at this and, and studied this, that there has been an increase in, in productivity. Do we know is that universal though? Is all Are, are all jobs created equal for, for working remotely? No, I don't think they are. I think there are certain areas where you've seen tremendous, you know, uplift in productivity. But along with that comes, you know, the consequences of burnout and, you know, always on all the time and et cetera. And there are other roles that it's actually, you know, virtually impossible to do remotely, you know. Um, I think technology plays a huge part in helping people, enabling people to work remotely, but it's not going to be able to do everything. And, and there will always be the need for having um, you know, face-to-face -face interaction. I think people will long for it. And I think that the uh, productivity, if it's managed carefully, it can be controlled because 
you don't want it. You don't want it to be so much, so much so that it actually is a short-term benefit, and then you have a longer-term impact. So I do think that you know organisations are looking at that, saying, okay, short-term we get productivity, longer-term we need sustainability of our employees. They need to be relevant and continue to be able to operate at a at a, at a good rate for the organisation. So I do see, you know, that uh, a new way of working, and that requires a new set of power, uh, skills. We we call them the power skills. So I think, you know, having technology and understanding technology, in the past, you know, that was important. Now it's kind of like table stakes. And so the real question then becomes, what can the human do to work in synergy with all the technology? What are the skill sets that the humans can bring to the table? And we were spending a lot of time looking at the way people might want to re-skill themselves for the new working ecosystem, which is going to be remote, technology-driven, you know, and uh, what are those skill sets? Um, we call them power skills, and uh, there are a number of them that we've been advocating for some time now. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask something that some of my uh, we're here to we're based at a university, so some of my uh, colleagues here right. are looking at. Have we looked? Has there been any look or study yet in terms of how this new, if you want to call it a paradigm, what impact it is having on? on our social interaction or socialization and, and just how employees within a company or within a within a, or workers within a department, how they relate now. If we're, if all of a sudden now we're all removed, we're working remotely, and we're just looking at each other on a Zoom conference. Does that have any impact? Yeah, so I, I, that's a great – oh, absolutely. I, you know, that's a great question. And, and I think that, you know, one of the things we, – we at the Project Management Institute um, conduct a survey every year. It's called the Pulse of the Profession. And this year, the, the, the key skill that bubbled up as to the future uh, was collaborative leadership, the ability to be able to lead uh, teams of pro- project professionals across different geographies, different cultures, races, in a remote way, uh, and do it in, in a way that's effective, that can outcome-focused, meet the metrics that you're trying to do and the time frame that you wanted to do it in. Very different to working when these people are with you together, you know. So uh, it's a different it's a different skill set. It requires you not to be command and control because you, you miss out on all the body language opportunities and sentiments. Very difficult to pick that up on a on a WebEx or a Zoom call. So you have to be you have to really connect with your audience. You have to connect with your people. They have to understand your purpose. You understand what you're trying to do as a leader, as a manager. And they have to, you know, buy into it. And so that's a very different form of skill set that, that one can develop. Um, so you can be enabled by the technology, but if you don't have that collaborative leadership, you know, then that technology is mm-hmm. what it is, just a tool that you, you know, are effective. And there are others, you know, empathy is another one. There's another uh, power skill, you know, innovative mindset, being creative is another one. Um, you know, I think that organizations have always looked for creative people. But again, now it's critical that they create the environment to allow people to experiment, to, to, to ideate, to prototype, to to, to test ideas uh, in a very uh, open environment that's, that's, that's um, a platform that allows them to be able to be creative. Um, in the past, you know, there was always a means to an end to that, but I think now organizations are going to be much more open to trying everything and, and different things as much as possible. I know one of the things that we've we've really run up against, and it's been a huge frustration, is that is is what um, I don't know how to refer to other than just saying a, a technology wall or a technology void. Even even here in a university community, there are areas where employees have do not have reliable broadband internet access. So conducting business oh, yeah. remotely is becoming incredibly challenging, and maybe that will bring rise to 
uh, new innovation. But right now during this I don't know, transition period or whatever you want to call this phase or time that we're, that we're in, I'm just wondering, you know, there's a number of challenges out there across the country and how, how those factor in and how we companies deal with this as we begin to see the, as we evolve and the workplace place evolves as well. I can, give you, I can give you a great example. Today, you know, there's been storms in Philadelphia and, and uh, several base stations are down. And so the Internet is down and everyone's working remotely. Our head office is in, in Philly. Mm-hmm. And right now they're struggling to even to even have WebEx or Zoom meetings because uh, the Internet is down. So, you know, uh, I do think that that's going to drive organizations, telcos, AT&Ts, Sprint, et cetera, to really make sure that they've got robust systems to allow technology to not be impacted by such things. Uh, I think you'll see a massive drive in there. I'll also think that you'll see technology now embrace much more functionality. If you take a Zoom call today or a WebEx call that we're you know that that, that we could be on, it's just effectively a glorified uh, you know telephone system. But I think you're going to see it be uh, upgraded with all sorts of sentiment analysis, analytics, face recognition, all sorts of stuff like this that will allow you to really read into the mindset of the people that you're, the audience that you're, you're talking to. If this is going to become the new way of working, I think technology will respond in that way so that people will know when they're talking that the person on the other side is really resonating with what you're saying real time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you're going to see a lot of technology enhancing um, the way, the new way of working, but at the same time, you're going to see development of, of new skills from humans to, to complement that. Sure. I, I would assume that there is a certain part of the business sector, and I'm thinking probably the service industry, that is still going to rely fairly heavily on 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 interaction and, and to some extent, brick-and-mortar facilities. Do we have any idea what kind of how this is changing how we as people and even I guess maybe consumers are interacting in various business applications, whether it be banking? I mean, I I've been doing banking remotely, and I'm, I think a lot of people probably have for a long time. But every now and then, there's something that I do kind of sometimes need feel like I need to go into a branch office and 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 do something with sure. you. Sure. You know, absolutely. I think that, you know, it's the time to really challenge conventional thinking. It really, really is. So even the things that you would you know, inherently discern and say, well, this actually does need to have a face-to-face interaction with someone, I think you're going to find people challenging that, that, that notion mm-hmm. and to see what can be done if you had no choice but to work in a remote way. What, how would you do it? And that drives innovation. So I do think that across the board, industry – uh, every single industry, and we are industry agnostic, and we're seeing, you know, more and more work becoming projectified, more and more work becoming remote, mm-hmm. more and more work uh, with a new different working ethos and different working environment, very much centered around innovation, the voice of the customer, collaborative leadership, you know, enabled by technology um, across every single sector. You know, of course, I mean, at the end, at the end of the day, if you're going to fly from one place to another place, you know, you, you're not going to do that virtually because you're flying. So you always have that, but... I think that you know, for much of the the work that uh, has for our organisation, for example, is 100% now, 100% working virtually, mm-hmm. and you know we could probably keep this up now for for a year if we needed to, and that's mm-hmm. everything from every single function and uh, from sales, marketing, finance, HR, legal, operations, events, even our service mm-hmm. offerings. So you know, uh, I do think that 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 this is going to be one thing. That will stick with us. Not it won't be for everyone, um, but there are, there are a lot of advantages that people are trying to capitalize on. 
I was talking with someone from the an expert on the on the automotive industry and how it, how it just simply has changed the entire dealership experience and how dealerships operate and how they reach out with their with their clients and and potential customers and how people are even even shopping for uh, and vehicles now has has changed and he wasn't and they don't seem to think they don't think that it will revert back necessarily it's going to continue evolving. Uh, evolving forward into kind of this hybrid experience where a lot of it is done online and even cars are delivered directly you know to the to the to the home and I'm just l- observing how in our in our university setting this all seems to be filtering yeah. out is our generation play into how 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 you're seeing this work and, and function for sure for sure I mean I, I do think that I think generation and also you know organizational culture you know, um, there were there were many other factors bigger than uh, COVID actually that were impacting the world, like pollution, like population increases, like uh, you know water levels rising, etc. That are creeping up on us slowly, and because they're creeping up on us slowly, the world kind of like feels it can deal with it over a period of time, you know, and then therefore it won't be as big a hump as COVID was. COVID was like overnight, pretty much, you know, uh, within a, within a couple of months, the whole world was you know at a standstill. So so. There were already changes afoot, and people were kind of resistant to change to some extent. But I think COVID has really unlocked the door for people to be more susceptible to rolling with it, to use the coin your phrase, you know, to say, okay, well, let's try it. Let's try different things. And I think some organizations are going to need that. They're going to have to be a lot more. I mean, many, many industries are on their knees. And when they come back up again, they're going to need people that can uh, operate in a very different way. Mm-hmm. They themselves may be operating very differently with different service offerings, different approaches, different ways of doing things to, to, to carve out a new business for themselves. And they're going to need people who make that happen. And the people who make that happen are project managers and the, the PMI Institute mm-hmm. is trying to advocate for those people. And, so, and they'll need people with the right skill set that can do transformation and understand change, regardless of whether you're five years old or 75 years old, you know, these are going to be skills that are going to be there, um, uh, that are going to be crucial to help organizations stand themselves back up again. So for uh, listeners to hear this, if they are uh, uh, maybe a project manager in the workforce or, or, or they're you know, senior leadership or, or, or company owners, and we're, they're sitting here thinking and contemplating, you know, what is, what is my business or what does our business look like um, from here on out? What would you say is one of the maybe the most important things or the, to think about and start thinking about and considering? I got something that I'd like to share with the enterprise and something I'd like to share with the, the individual. Sure. For the enterprise and the person who's running an enterprise, I think they have to recognize that the world, that they, their business needs to be super agile. It has to go beyond classic agile. It almost needs to be gymnastic in the way that it operates in the future. Be ready for anything. Be able to pivot on a dime be able to move. In order to do that, it's people, it's processes, it's technology, all need to be operating in, in, a, in, a, in an environment where they can adapt to change rapidly. I think that is something that will come out of the COVID situation because I don't think companies want to be caught out like they were this time around uh, across the globe. So I think that enterprises will look for this tremendous degree of uh, gymnastic capability. I, I like to call it gymnastic. It's beyond you know, agile, you need discipline to be gymnastic, you need a method to be gymnastic, but you also need to be elegant and fast at what you do. So that's what I would say is that organization, and it needs to be across the board. It can't be sitting in one little department, a transformation department. The entire organization needs to be ready for change on a dime. 
for the individual, I, I would say, you know, it's a fantastic opportunity um, to really upskill yourself and think about these power skills. Think about how you can work with uh, technology, upgrade yourself on the types of technologies that are out there. You don't need to be an expert. You just need to know what the outcome is that, that technology is trying to do and then work with it and look at what are the extra skills that I'm going to need to be able to be relevant for my organization. If my organization is looking for change makers and looking for transformation experts, how do I get myself uh, in, an, in a space where I can learn those skills? And, and PMI can help uh, to do that. That's Sanil Prashara, CEO of the Project Management Institute. For this edition of In the Author's Voice, I'm Jeff Williams.